Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Human Touch. I'm Lou Solomon from Interact Studio, and this is where we talk to authentic people who do interesting work. And this morning is certainly no exception there. We were just talking about this before the program started. Everyone in this Zoom room has a sweet memory of a teacher who saw in them something that perhaps they didn't know they had, a talent that they underestimated, somebody who cared, somebody who was committed in an unusual way. And we have someone just like that this morning. In fact, uh, D'Amica is this teacher for scores of students. Uh, Damika Kimson, she is CMS Teacher of the Year, and she is going to be interviewed by our own uh, Jess Barilla. It, Jess, as you know, is our creative director, but also a senior promotion uh, director at WCCB. So without delay, Jess, I'll hand it over to you. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for being here, Damika. And yes, we do all have those memories of teachers. And one comes to mind immediately for me. Um, but I've experienced actually some of Dumika's amazing teaching because one of my first memories of becoming friends with her, we are friends, full disclosure, is uh, at my birthday, she had her class call up my work and sing happy birthday. Do you remember that? Yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> you sure did. Yeah. And, and the kids were so excited and you could just tell the enthusiasm on their end to do it. Um, and I just think it, things like that speak volumes of her. So welcome. We wanna hear a little bit about your background and how you got into, first of all, music, because she's Ooh. a music teacher and you're the first music teacher to win Teacher of the Year in, in North Carolina, correct? Or at least CMS. Um, um, I, I think maybe, it, well, for, since I've been in the district, and this is um, almost coming up on year twenty for me. Um, well, <laughs> so, in in the future, in the recent future, yeah. in recent year time, yes, Jesus. I will say I am going to go with it from Sedgefield to win um, since uh, like in ten years. So wow, that it's, it, it it was a feat this year. So how did you get into music and then teaching? Well. Um, I actually kind of had no choice. I, I started piano when I was about three years old. Um, my um, mom put me in lessons with a, a family friend. Uh, it was like a, an aunt to me and we, uh, you know, I, I've been playing ever since. Uh, I grew up literally on the campus of South Carolina State University. My mother was employed there as um, the school's procurement officer. And so um, after school, she would drop me off in the music building <laughs> and I would just kind of be there until she finished with work for the day. And so I, you know, just grew up being around excellent musicians, hearing music all day, um, playing the piano. And, you know, by the time I got to um, upper elementary school, I had the opportunity to join band. So it, it was kind of there and done, really couldn't escape it. So <laughs> it's just been something I've been doing from a very young age. 
it's part of it's part of you at this point and I can speak personally as somebody who you know I look forward to the arts in school I grew up playing piano I in New York where I grew up you had to take either band orchestra or chorus and um, which was great for me because I couldn't do a lick of sports so it's so important especially in the formative years you are at a middle school you teach um, middle school and you keep some of the high schoolers as well right as they go through the years I do, yes. So talk a little bit about the importance of that accessibility to be able to take music and the arts for anyone, for any economic background. Well, um, Sedgeville has uh, well, historically been a Title I school um, as the city changes and um, our neighboring areas uh, change. Um, our, our building has become a little bit more fluent, but we still serve um, a, a pocket of, of students who identify as low and socioeconomical um, um, backgrounds. And it's always been my, my stance that no matter what you're coming from, when you get to me, if band is a thing that you want to do, you should be able to do it. Um, I have very vivid memories of uh, my own band teachers in, in middle school and in high school, um, making a way out of no way for kids um, to, to belong and be a part of, of you know, the band program. Um, they didn't let anything like a kid's parent not being able to, to rent an instrument stop them. And I've always felt like I need to do that and more, you know, because I've, I've watched how transformative it was for some of my own classmates um, to be able to have that opportunity. Um, but I'm, I'm fortunate. So I'm in a small school and um, I've made great friends over the years with members of the community and people believe in, in what we're doing here. And they've helped me to acquire um, instruments and equipment uh, to the point that I don't have to um, ask parents to go rent anything from the music store. Now, of course, if, if a family wants to invest in an instrument for their child, they absolutely should. Um, there's a lot to be said about ownership um, because it's something that will follow that kid once they get into high school. But if a family is not ready to make that purchase yet, 100% of my students can play a school instrument. And it, it's not just for the kids whose families can't afford it. It's for anybody who wants the chance to be in band. And um, a lot of families, they're like, you know, my kid is in this and my kid is in that. And I don't know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, She's at Sedgefield Middle School, everybody. That's coming to you live. <laughs> from the bathroom. Um, no, I, I was saying, uh, you know, for, for anyone who wants to, to play something, there's an instrument that's available to them. We, we have lots of families who, you know, they're like, you know, my kid is, is thinking about doing band. We don't know if we should make the financial investment. Maybe they'll play a year and they won't like it, you know, and they will be stuck with this instrument. Um, uh, so typically that doesn't happen because once you join, you're kind of stuck with me. Um, <laughs> it's possible for you to say no. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's been um, a, a passion of mine to make sure that kids have access to quality instruments and, and the uh, ability to play, you know. Yeah, I want to I touch on, you know, I want to get to the point of 
she has worked with so many students for so long and so many of their family members have come in. But before we get there, I wanna ask you, okay, as we all know, it was a pandemic mm -hmm. where people were at home and she still taught band and then one teacher of the year. So tell us a little bit about how the heck you do that. Well, okay, picture it. Um, <laughs> March 15th, 2020, um, literally the last day um, I saw my kids in person, I said to my eighth graders, guys, I don't think, you know, we're coming back. We were supposed to be home for just a few days and then we were supposed to come back. And I was like, guys, I, I just, I, I have a feeling we're not gonna be back the way they say that we're gonna be back. So grab your instruments, take everything home, clean your lockers, you know, get it all. And, you know, I'll see you online Monday morning. That, you know, <laughs> here's my phone number, here's everything you need um, in order to contact me. And we'll, we'll get through next week and, and we'll see what's what. And one week turned into two weeks, turned into a month, turned into summer break, turned into, you know, just a lot of uncertainty. Um, I'm not a tech person at all. I spent more time on mute every time I shared my screen or thinking I was playing this beautiful piece of music. I'm the only one enjoying it. And my kids are like, <laughs> and I ask questions like, we couldn't hear a thing. Uh, it, it, it took a lot to, to figure, to navigate the digital world and to, to be able to make sense of it for myself and then break that down into something palatable for my students to be able to, to play. Um, but I learned everything I should not do and everything that, that didn't work um, during that fourth quarter of the 2019-2020 school year. And, um, you know, around about that time, we really started to see the severity of the effects of COVID-19 and what it was doing to people health-wise. And um, one thing I started noticing with my students was, you know, they were afraid, they were worried. Um, so many of our families, their parents work, um, they're essential workers. And so while we all went home and went online, their parents were still going to and from work every day. Um, and it was just, it was a lot to, to watch kids struggle with, you know, the fear of, will my parents get sick? Will I get sick? Um, and, and then just the challenges of navigating school and, and, and school is just difficult in itself when, when, you're, when you're a kid, you know, you have subjects you excel at and then there, there are areas where you struggle. So it was, it was hard um, watching kids feel defeated. So for me, I, I just wanted to make sure that my kids were in a good space mental, mentally wise. I, I wanted to make sure that they were emotionally being taken care of and that um, we could finish the year strong and that they at least had some fond memories. We got the content, we tried the best that we could, but there were just so many things that weren't available to us because we never needed them. We didn't have to have school in this capacity on, uh, in, in this way on, on such a big scale. I mean, even, even the children who do virtual school because it is a thing or the kids who are homeschooled, they still have opportunities where they can go and do enrichment-like classes in person. Um, this year, no one had that option. No one had that opportunity. So we, there just weren't platforms that were available to us because they didn't exist. And 
kudos to all the people who, you know, came together to figure out a way to, to have ensemble rehearsals online and how to, you know, make virtual choirs and bands a thing where it's something that, um, you know, a layman could do and, and not someone who has extensive background in um, sound production and video production, because that's not me. <laughs> so um, it, it was just that, that first, you know, wave of, of, of us being at home education-wise, it was focused on the kids, make sure they're okay. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I got a lot closer with them and their families because, you know, we're at home. So <laughs> we're, we're You're at, in their kitchen with them. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. I'm like, I, I've been in children's homes before, but I've really never, <laughs> never had them in mind. And so <laughs> it, it became very personal um, for them to be with us. Hey, Kobe. Sorry. <laughs> the, uh, fellow band director and classmate. Yeah. Um, but you know, it 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 was one of those things where I spent the summer um, making plans with a, another band director friend. We ran through scenarios. We figured out Zoom. We learned like what's the best audio settings to to hear a kid play. Um, you know, you try to play trumpet and record it. It just does not come through. You try to play flute. It does you know what microphones work. Um, what platforms are going to be easy to for for not just us to use, but for a kid to use, um, and then also taking into consideration not everybody lives where there is uh, excellent internet access. Um, what are we doing for kids who may have to get a, a hot spot from um, the school district, or what are we doing for families who have parents that are working at home, as well as uh, siblings <laughs> who are also trying to to you know use the family's wi-fi from home what what are we what are we dealing with for for those kids um and also middle school um i tend to have a lot of students who have younger siblings or older siblings and for the ones that have younger siblings um if their parents are working um in a lot of cases they were the ones that were um making sure that everybody was okay at home while their families were at work and so what are we doing for those kids who might have to step away from the computer um, in order to help you know, their first grade sister get signed into her Zoom or to, to navigate her, her on like techniques? Like th those were all sorts of things that we, we really had to, to take into to consideration and, and then we played. Um, one thing we learned really quick is that uh, there's, a variance of lag when it comes to playing. That if I said, everybody clap your hands and I count to three and you all clap your hands, it's gonna look like a ripple effect on the screen. That there's no real way for you to play um, in sync over the, um, the, the computer. And um, also, you know, for us, likewise with everyone working from home, um, band is not a quiet, Subject. It's not a, a soft, you know, activity that you can do. And um, one thing that I found myself running into a lot with um, families were, you know, for uh, parents who, you know, work second or third shift, they might be home sleeping during the time that we had Zoom. Um, I saw my top group at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> so um, it, it was kind of difficult to, to be able to, to have much playing going on when a lot of kids just, they couldn't. 
be, because of you know things that were going on or families that are working. Um, now I've, I've you know have had some parents who were just like you know what it's something you got to do and we'll get through it. You know this isn't a forever thing, and you know they the kids played and they thrived. Um, yeah. I, I've had one parent uh, say that a uh, piece that we were working on, one of her coworkers was like, I recognize that. I think I paid, played that in band. Um, <laughs> so so that, that's been fun. Um, and, and, you know, it's been interesting because the kids actually, they were able to learn. Um, I'm most proud of my sixth graders because these are children I didn't know. I didn't yeah. make a bond with them beforehand. Um, usually I, I have a few events where I kind of get to know them and, and meet them beforehand. Um, I didn't get to do any of that. And um, back when, and, and honestly, I will say I was the only teacher who physically met every last single one of my students in person before they came back into the building. And that was because I had to have instrument tryouts in the parking lot. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, in a very safe and controlled manner, just so I could uh, assign instruments and then issue them to, you know, to the kids. So I at least got to meet them um, before we actually started. But I didn't get a chance to do like, you know, okay, so here's how you hold your flute, right? Or here's how you hold your clarinet. And this is what you need to do with your lips in order to produce a sound. And or I always, you know, it, it's a, to me, it's one of those things like I can say, do it like this and then you try. But if I say, put your finger right here on me and I'll make the kids touch here on my face and then they feel like the tensing, like I couldn't do that with them because, you know, hashtag COVID, we just, we could not. So um, it, it was, it was difficult and it was interesting. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm very, very proud of them because they made a lot of progress and I, I just, you know, if only we could be in the building, you know, I, I constantly would tell them like, guys, if you're doing this with a 35 minute Zoom class, can you imagine what we'd be like if, you know, we were in person with a 90 minute block and, um, you know, trying to, to hear every kid play something really quick over Zoom and then send them off to use Flipgrid or smart music or, um, Another um, music app we used was Upbeat. Uh, like they had to learn how to navigate those software, you know, platforms and play their instrument. So um, I'm, we're going to have a lot of future Trent Resners now. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of future Trent Resners now I for all these kids so. who had to learn tech and music. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. These kids have done impossible things. They've done things that I, I see adults struggle with. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I always joke that I'm tech support from my mother and my and her, and her siblings. Like <laughs> these kids are, are, are actually, they're, they're so smart and they adapt to, to just about anything. And, and they were just so like, go with the flow and, and, and they learned and they achieved. And um, I couldn't be prouder of them. You know, we, Could you, we were able to produce two full concerts. Wow. And did you did you get to perform them at all together or, or just over Zoom? Um, uh, well, so the platform we used, it was, um, it's called Upbeat Music App. 
And um, I basically, you know, I assign the tune, I give them the parameters on how to perform it and the, set the tempo, and then I give them a link. And they basically have one shot to get it right. So they, they go, they have to uh, start the music, get their camera right, and have their music up, press play, and play. Like they, they literally are like recording and, and performing at the same time. And um, if they make a mistake, they could be two notes from the end. If they make a mistake, it's recorded. Then you know the the recording is no good. They have to stop, chuck it, start and, and do it all over again. And um, like they only you only can do it in one take. And so because um, there's no way to like really go in and, and splice it. And so you're asking for 100% accuracy, no mistakes, like absolute perfection from them every single time that they, they do that. And, and it's enough to do one piece, but because I'm crazy, um, you know, like, oh, we're having a whole concert, y'all. Here's <laughs> what we're working on. So asking them to do that, you know, oh, for multiple tracks, it, it's, it's a lot. And, and they rose to the occasion. Like sometimes you just don't, you don't know that it's difficult if, unless somebody tells you that it's difficult, you just do. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm just happy that they indulged me and, and that they did it. And I hope that they're proud, you know, especially my eighth graders, because, man, this, this couldn't have come at a worse time for them. Their entire middle school career got interrupted. They spent literally half of their time in middle school virtual. They missed out on, you know, all of the things that, that make middle school middle school especially like I have a lot of students that are athletes, you know, they missed out on sports, they missed out on cheer, um, they missed out on, on clubs and, and socializing with their, their peers in person. And so I wanted them to have a thing, something that they could look back and remember um, their time, you know, of being a middle schooler with. I'm like, they, this was the only thing that I could I could give them because we couldn't give them the school year in person. And so um, important. Some of these things are more so much more formative too than like sitting in math, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are there? You know, you've taught children for so many years, and 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 their family members. Have you seen personally? Are there any any specific instances that stick out in your mind of of a kid who's gone on to continue in their music career? Yes, um, I've, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I, you know, you, you don't want to see kids have a hard time and, and, and struggling. I'm very, don't get me wrong. I love, I love being a band director. I love being a music teacher. I honestly, I couldn't, I'd be useless at anything else. Um, but I think about a lot of what I've had to sacrifice and give up um, to, to do this. And, um, and honestly, to be a teacher, sometimes it's, it doesn't feel like the landscape is very friendly for us. And, um, you know, I often worry, <laughs> you know, that, that, it, it, that they won't have the experience that I have and, and, and that things may, you know, shouldn't say this progressively, you know, be more difficult for them. 
So you know, I've always, I'm like, if this is what you want to do, then, then fine. But, you know, it's okay to continue to have music in your life and this to be a passion. It doesn't um, necessarily have to be a profession. But um, I've had kids that, you know, have gone on and majored in music and, and they, they love it and they're doing well. So it, it, it's, it's like my, my thing is it's, it's not to make another mini me. Um, although I have many me's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not for them to go and, and be uh, another Miss Kempson in, in the classroom, but um, I hope that they forever are consumers of music, be it that they're playing it or that they are supporting the arts by, you know, <laughs> being patrons um, and in and, and making sure that their own children have the same opportunity. But um, I, I do at the very least encourage them to continue to perform and especially for my students who do go um, to college and I'm like you guys are excellent musicians um, being a quality music collegiate musician um, you don't have to, to major in music to, to get the scholarships in fact um, college directors want kids that play well because those of us who do major in music, we need people <laughs> in the ensemble with us. You know, we, we need those, those counterparts. And so um, you still have an opportunity to, to play and, and benefit from, from being a musician, you know, even at, at the collegiate level. And, and a lot of kids, they, they do go on and, and perform in their, their colleges and universities bands. And, and I, I would disagree. I think the world could use a few more mini Miss Kimsons. <laughs> I think I think I don't see anything wrong with that. I think there we could definitely use a couple. Um, Damika's roommate has actually joined us, and and she saw she's wrote in the chat. You know, she saw firsthand how hard she worked. She, you know, it sounds difficult. I think it probably was more difficult than you even are explaining it to be because I. I may have just have given up. I don't know if I have that patience. And, and it just shows a true passion for the for the profession and, and for what you do and for the, the children and little people that you impact. And you know, I think we're all very thankful to have people like you teaching the children of our society because again, we can use more Miss Kimpsons. Wow. Well, these are the kids that are gonna be taking care of us in old age. And so um yeah. <laughs> I don't have children of my own and I'm like <laughs> oh yes you do very hopeful that like these children will look out for me <laughs> as I as I age up um but no you know it's like I said this is I get to do my favorite thing um, I don't, don't know if many people can, can say that. And I hope that I get to do it for a very long time. Um, you know, I, it's, this is a, it's a job and a hobby. So I, I hope that I'm, I'm able to, to share that, you know, with, with kids and their families and, and that, you know, it makes them a better person. Like I've never heard anyone say, I regret learning how to play the flute or the drum. Now, if I have parents like I regret buying that that drum set or, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've never, you know, heard a person say that they regretted 
uh, coming away with a, a, a skill that has developed into like a talent, you know, this is something that that's always yours. Um, I, I teach privately. I've had um, adults over the years uh, come back after, you know, finding their old clarinet or their old flute and, you know, they, you know, want to dust it off and they decide that they've got some time. And so they come and they sign up for lessons. And, you know, one of the first things that I always do is I'm like, show me what you got. <laughs> and a lot of them are like, I, I don't know anything. I can't. I'm like, I promise all of that hard work that you put into learning this thing, it didn't go away. You know, and, and a lot of people are, are shocked. I'm like, well, just open the case and put it together and just take it from there. A lot of people are shocked that they can still make a great sound and that, you know, things literally just start coming back to them. I'm like, this is something that that's yours forever. And no one, no one can take that, that from you. And there are people who in, enjoy, um, you know, playing post-school. Um, our area has several excellent community ensembles um, I'm like and they play like fantastic quality music um, and, and these are people who have careers that that are not involved in music and and it's still a way for them to connect to a community of people who um, you know had the same enjoyment of, of playing that they they did and so I, I think that's just wonderful that that's something that can be there for them later yeah, I think music is a good therapeutic outlet for so many. It's it so is. important, you know, very important for all of us, especially during these trying times <laughs> to continue to have an outlet. Yes, yes. Well, it is past 1130, so we're going to wrap up. But thank you so much, Jamika, for sharing some of this. With us. There's so much more we could ask her. I could talk to, well, I do talk to you all the time, but I could talk to you for another hour <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> about this. We appreciate you so much being here and sharing some of this light with us. Well, thank you guys for um, inviting me. Um, I, like I said, I yammer on about band, this band, band in general um, a lot. Um, you know, and, and thank you for supporting the arts and, and allowing us to have a voice because my story literally is every band, orchestra, um, piano, general music teacher story, you know, in this district and beyond. Um, everyone has done an amazing job um, adapting to um, our circumstances, <laughs> current circumstances, and it's not just me. So um, mm -hmm. thank you for allowing me to, to share not just my voice, but also the voice of my colleagues. Thank Great. you. Great. Well, Thank you, thank you. We're so happy you're there for our kids, Damika, and God bless you for having the tenacity and the perseverance to hang in and keep the music playing. We just love you for that. And for our part, you're a superstar. Uh, join us next time, August 12, we speak with Jeff Dugdale, who is the Director of Aquatics at Queens University at Charlotte, and Susie's going to speak with him about the stress our, not only our athletes are undergoing, you know, in the events at the Olympics, we're watching this take hold, but for all of us, in areas of well-being and mental health, it's okay to say, I'm not really okay right now. And so we invite you to join us then. But until then, have a great day and we'll see you soon. Thank you.